She brings wealth and health to her audience by tackling hot topics around substance use disorder, mental health and wellness. Her mission, vision, and goal are to help you heal from your past trauma, inspire you to transform your body, mind, and soul so you can live your best life. Your board-certified psychiatric mental health doctor of nurse practitioner, trauma care maestro, and media analyst, your life ambassador, best-selling author, TEDx talk speaker, CEO of Pool of Bethesda Psychiatric Health in Arizona. Let's all welcome Dr. Princess Fumi Hancock. Today is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I like to talk mental health daily. Important conversations to have talking about mental health issues should be no different than talking about aches and pains and other types of medical conditions. Mental health is health. We cannot feel embarrassed to talk about what we are going through because it's so easy to hide, and then it gets bottled up, and it festers, and the problem doesn't go away. It gets worse. Joining us on the phone to help us identify uh, some signs when a person might be struggling or might be experiencing uh, mental illness or some issues with their own mental health, uh, in light of Mental Health Month, we have, uh, we have psychiatric DNP Dr. Stephanie Hancock to talk about mental health. Good morning, doctor. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. No, it's, you know, it's always a great day to talk about mental health, and, and I love your social media, by the way. I just started following you, and it's oh. packed with great advice. Uh, you, you work with people every day. Do you see the struggle people have talking about what they're experiencing if they're going through mental illness? Oh, my goodness. Um, more so than ever, especially when we have uh, the pandemic. And then we also have a group of people that are coming from silent cultures like Africa and other um, silent cultures. And so because of the stigma that is on uh, mental illness, a lot of people are still having problems uh, talking about it. Mm. And the stigma, is it because maybe it's perceived as if you talk about a mental illness or a struggle with, with mental health, it's perceived as a weakness? Is that what the stigma is? Absolutely. You have you have men that have been raised to not share, uh, don't cry, don't let don't let them see you crying. You know, crying is a sort of weakness to other people. You also have cultures that that are not open to even accepting that there is mental illness. And so because mm. of that you have a lot of people that are just bottling all these things in and it's exploding into our atmosphere right now with the pandemic really uh, exposing even more of mental illness and it's time to start to talk even more about it uh, than ever before. Absol absolutely. You know, for those who don't talk about it, uh, what are some signs or some, th some things that friends or coworkers should be looking for that could indicate someone is experiencing mental illness? Oh my goodness. Uh, one of it is sadness. Just utter sadness. We, if you have a friend that you, uh, you guys go out a lot before and all of a sudden they're standing by themselves, they don't want to be bothered, if they're irritated all the time, if there's anger outbursts, like for example you guys meet and all of a sudden you say one thing and they almost chop your head off. <laughs> right. That is part of something about to happen. Right. Drastic mood swings, you know, and mental illness or poor mental health is one thing, but, but signs that someone could be at risk of harming themselves that we should keep an eye out for. Ah, oh my goodness. Well, um, here's the thing. A lot of times people that do uh, want to harm the, themselves, for example, cutting, they really don't want to die. It's just a cry. It's a cry. It's an outreach out there. So if you have, for example, a teenager in the home, it's always in the house, does not want to go out, outside of the room, it is important for you to really engage that teenager. If you have a teenager that's 
constantly talking about death or talking about hearing voices or talking about oh my god my you know my 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 i have racing thoughts if you have people that are they, just like you said earlier today they're happy in the next five minutes they are you know the other way <laughs> mood swinging right these are signs that uh that person is in trouble right and is it hard i mean when you have children especially when they're in their teens is it hard to kind of uh, keep an eye on them without also invading on their personal space. Do you know what I mean? Because I think a lot of teenagers, even who aren't going through any struggles with mental health, have a tendency to kind of withdraw in their rooms. I did anyway as a kid. So w w for parents, how, how do you kind of not step on that line but still keep a close eye on them? Well, here's the thing. I, I deal a lot with um, teenagers and their parents, even in my clinic uh, these days. And you're right. Uh, well, you know, how do you how do you not step on their toes? But here's the thing, though: uh, a lot of things are happening right there. The 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 rise of uh, suicide attempt is so high now that we cannot afford to not thread that. So I often say to parents, I said it's a it's a matter of just an open door policy. Start with an open door policy. Start with talking about things outside of you know. Uh, clean the house, clean your room, do all those kind of stuff. Because when you're trying to show your uh, your your son or your daughter that you are open to hearing from them, you cannot mix that with also badgering them with all kinds of stuff. So it's important right. that you are quiet, but at the same time, it's it's important that you are engaged. A lot of my teenagers right now, their parents are kind of en en engaged by not necessarily talking about the things that they are not they are doing wrong. Because when you start with a teenager about the things that he or she's doing wrong, you just lost that teenager. Mm. Uh, something a lot of people have called into the show about, too, mostly people who are maybe not as extroverted, post-vaccine anxiety. Uh, first off, can you tell us what that is? Oh, my goodness. All right. So we have, um, for, for, for years, I mean, well, for over a year now, we've, we've heard so many uh, stories on the Internet about take the vaccine, don't take the vaccine. If you took the vaccine, you get sick. You know, all this kind of badgering. We've had all these, um, uh, what do you call it, messages that are mixed messages and all that. So we have teenagers that are being bombarded by all kinds of, just all kinds of. So you have teenagers already, they're already prone to uh, depression. They're already prone uh, to anger outbursts. They're prone to anxiety. And so you have situation now where, okay, we're now taking the vaccine, but yet the underlying cause, the, the, the mental illness is still there. Anxiety is still there. So you have uh, teenagers that are even afraid. <laughs> now that we're beginning to get to the next phase of, okay, maybe teenagers will start having um, uh, the vaccine, people are anxious. Uh, one year of staying in the house and not going anywhere is yeah. kind of really made people even more anxious. So when you talk about post-vaccine, it's not necessarily about the vaccine, but it's about the whole pandemic as a whole. So right. people are nervous. They're afraid to want to go back now. Now they have to go back to school. They're excited to go back to school, yet they're still afraid. So when you talk about anxiety, you're talking about people that are, um, they are, they, they're not, they're excited about going back to school, but at the same time, you know, they're not too excited because they don't know what's out there. Right. 
it's almost like an agoraphobia kind of kicks in. How do you combat that? Like, how do you get comfortable again to go back out if you're kind of dreading it? Well, I often say there's, there's certain steps that you want to take when you are experiencing uh, anxiety. One of it is just getting in touch with your thought process. And how do you do that? By just quiet, being quiet for a second, and just being still and understanding that, you know what, there are certain things in life that we do have control over, and there are other things that we don't. And a lot of times when we are so anxious, we're trying to overdo, we're trying to overwhelm our system with so many things. And so the first thing you want to try and do is just be still. Just be still and understand that, you know, answers will come in the stillness. Answers come in stillness, not in chaos. Good to know. Uh, Dr. Stephanie Hancock, it is a pleasure. I'll, I'll share your Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Tear the Veil with Dr. Fumi. We hope you have enjoyed being a part of today's show and that we have helped you in shining. For further information, you can visit us at drfumipsychdnp.com and pobpsychiatry.com.